I've discovered that my eyes are light dependent. <laughs> so when the sun's out, I'm better off. But for now, I've got these. If you'll hear the good word from Luke, chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus, in like manner, evil things. But now he is comforted, comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment." Abraham replied, They have Moses, said the, and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. This also is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, we pray that your words would fall afresh in our ears and the lesson that you have for us this morning would sink into our very being and change us, would motivate us to be as you have asked us to be. All these things we pray. Amen. Luke has really painted a fantastic picture of the rich man from our scripture lesson. Folks, this guy is rich, very, very rich. Scripture says that he wore purple robes, which was traditionally reserved for royalty, and if you weren't royalty, you could wear it, but only up to a certain amount. The color purple was a regulated color because it was very rare and difficult to obtain. As you know, when something is rare and lots of people want it, it becomes very expensive. The rich man wore purple. And these feasts, my mouth waters just thinking about what was included in his feasts. The word used for feast was used a few chapters back in describing the feast that the father had prepared for the prodigal son. You know, the one with the fattened calf. Can you imagine the extravagance of feasting every single day 
on food like that. And I love bread. And I'll do whatever I can to not let it go to waste. But this rich man used it as a napkin. Since utensils were a thing of the future, fingers and hands were used to dip and eat food. When you eat like that, your hands and fingers get greasy and oily and clogged up with all kinds of food, and so you need something to clean them off. And in these days, they used bread to clean their fingers off. And once it was used, these dirty chunks of bread were discarded, which meant that they were thrown under the table. And then there was this gate. Not just anybody had a gate. Only the rich people had gates. This guy must have been loaded. If you could imagine a life the exact opposite of the rich man, you would probably come up with the beggar in our lesson who was named Lazarus. Lazarus was not well. Scripture says that he was covered in sores. Most times, sores like this would force the sufferer out of the city. They were unclean. And due to the restrictions his sores placed on his life, Lazarus was probably unemployable. Who, what employer would want to hire somebody that couldn't give 100%? Without employment, He couldn't afford to purchase things. He couldn't afford to purchase food. And so we also learned that he was hungry. It says that he lay outside the rich man's gate longing to eat even just the greasy breadcrumbs that fell from his table. His life was exactly the opposite of the rich man. Then they both die. We learned first of Lazarus' death and that he was carried off by angels to be with Abraham. Abraham held a very special place in the hearts of the Jews. And so to be carried off by angels to be with him would be amazing and would certainly place him in high favor. Who would have thought that a sore-covered, poor, hungry beggar would end up in such company as Father Abraham. Then the rich man died, and it says that he was buried. Scripture says that from Hades, where he was being tormented, he called out to Abraham. Abraham. Hades was popular in Greek mythology and was often described as a place where the souls of the dead would go, and in this place they would receive comparable treatment to the way they lived out their life on earth. On earth, the rich man lived a comfortable life, and the beggar lived a tormented life. In death, Lazarus lived the comfortable life, and the rich man was tormented. Finally, the two characters' lives come together and we learn a valuable lesson for our own. Lazarus and Abraham are not in Hades, but the rich man who is in Hades and is being tormented can see them. They must not be too far apart, 
but far enough apart. The rich man is so thirsty and wants more than anything for a cool drink of water to quench his anguishing thirst. But Abraham gave him an answer that he probably didn't want to hear. Sorry, buddy. Remember how you had all these good things? That was it for you. And Lazarus here, all he had was evil, and now he's comforted. Which, by the way, rich man, was really all he wanted from you. All he wanted was a bit of food to stave off the hunger pains, but you never gave him anything, not even a greasy chunk of bread. Now it's too late, and verse 26 puts the nail in the coffin, so to speak. Besides all this, between you and us, a great chasm has been fixed so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so. And the one, and no one can cross from there to us. I want to show you a clip. A classic image of good versus evil, and that at some point... They cannot coexist. From our lesson, we know that humans will be separated good from bad and then sent to their appropriate corners in the afterlife. Now, we know from the rich man and Lazarus that there cannot be evil in heaven. Evil shall not pass into heaven, and heaven will not pass into evil. And so, like Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, Abraham highlights this separation, this chasm between heaven and hell, and the poignant fact that it is forever. There's no going back on that bridge. The chasm between the two are fixed. They are permanent. If we consider the rich man's story, we have to wonder about what he did to end up in the wrong side of that chasm. It's not like he did anything wrong. He didn't steal from Lazarus. He didn't inflict any wounds on him. It doesn't say that he was a miscreant to the community in which they lived. So why such a horrible ending for him? The rich man knew Lazarus. He knew the beggar's name, and even knowing his name, he let him suffer. He let him beg. He let him go hungry. The rich man's sin was that he did nothing And in Luke, doing nothing to care for someone's sickness or to feed the hungry warranted an eternal existence in Hades. Being rich or well-off wasn't the reason the rich man ended up separated from God. What got him tangled up was that he remained focused on his own wealth, which distracted him from being able to recognize the needs in the community, and he didn't do anything about it. The rich man knew Lazarus was suffering. He had the means to take care of him, and he didn't. 
Because Luke is so urgent in getting people to act like they belonged in heaven, he included a portion of the story with which you and I should connect. The rich man wants to warn his five brothers about their lifestyle, and if they don't change their ways, what they will be facing in the eternal. Church, this warning is also for us. Have we heard Moses and the prophets? Have we listened to Jesus Christ teaching about loving God and neighbors like ourselves with our whole hearts, our minds, our souls, our strength? I appreciate that the rich man is warning us of a future of which we'd rather not be a part. And so we have some things to do here. We have to notice when we can insert ourselves into the community to make it better, to help, to care for, to feed, to soothe, to nurture, to mentor, to love. Let's set about doing that now so that we never find ourselves on the wrong side of the chasm later and forever. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we pray that we would always be able to take care of ourselves, but in that same prayer, God, help us not get so focused on ourselves that we fall, that we fail to see how we can help others. God, we know that it's imperative that we look beyond our own table and find those who have no table, to look past our own ailments and help those who can't get care. Gracious God, help us to open the gates that separate and to welcome with great hospitality all of our neighbors. All these things we pray, amen. Thank you.